What up, bros? I'm Caleb, and unfortunately, Rose is out sick this week, so I brought in a very special guest, Big Ben Bullman from the Angry Dad Podcast. You want to say hi, Ben? Oh, yeah. I'm here for an epic movie. Hell, yeah. Um, Rose and I are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. This week on the podcast, we have a bit of news that dropped quite literally like an hour or two ago. Yep. Uh, (laughs) I was like, oh shit. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that and then we'll be getting into our breakdown of Over the Top. The 1987 Sylvester Stallone movie. <laughs> Go Sly himself. Hell yeah. Um, so, with that, let's say we get right on into it. Hell yeah. Need motivation? Angry Dad Podcast. Trying to jumpstart your life? Angry Dad Podcast. You want help getting off the couch? Angry Dad Podcast. You need a verbal kick in the ass? Angry Dad Podcast. You want to hear from somebody who's been through it all? Angry Dad Podcast. I am here for you. You can find me on all podcast platforms. <laughs> in my defense, I have tried changing it. <laughs> Every t- I, I, you know, I might have to just send you a new copy because like a... The, the I, I use an AAC program and it's super it condenses everything down to a smaller platform for or a smaller megabyte to to upload because sometimes these podcasts take up some serious fucking memory. Oh yeah. Yeah, we know all about that with our three hour episodes that we occasionally have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I've gone in and I try to replace it. Like it's funny because it's like when I throw it into the soundboard it, it like lowers your pitch but when i yeah. like throw it into our like the editor like i can just crop out like the, the yeah. promo and then just like replace it with the exact same file and it just somehow works out normal i'm like yeah right, it's whatever. so weird <laughs> <laughs> oh but i don't think i'm going to replace it this week just for the shits and yeah. giggles <laughs> yeah that's it let the, let, her, let the people hear it <laughs> Oh, well, first up in Through the Wall, we are going to be talking about the Deadpool 3 announcement that was just made from the great Ryan Reynolds. And, bro, I could not be more excited for this movie. (laughs) I know it doesn't come out for, like, two years, but, oh. I can't can't wait. And, And then, plus, the way... They did because like a you know the the symbol and then the the three the iconic three slash I was like that is an icon you can fucking promote. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Yeah, dude. I, so I thought it was some sort of joke. Like so, DJ well, sent it to me on joke. TikTok. I know DJ sent it to me on TikTok. I'm like, dude, don't freaking mess with me like that. And yeah, then I went man, on. His, I went on. <laughs> yeah, so I went on Ryan Reynolds' social media because it looked like a freaking Mint Mobile commercial. Oh, and that, just... no, it, 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 that aviation <laughs> commercial because he was like literally pouring a whole fucking bottle into a coffee cup. 
Yeah, and like my brightness was down too, so I couldn't quite see the the suit that he was wearing, and I was just like, dude, like whoever's doing this impersonation is doing a really solid job. And then I went on just like I went on Ryan Reynolds social media and saw the video was posted there and I lost my mind. <sighs> like it was so bad. You know, he like, was working on him. He, he, he all the videos, all the banter, the commercials, you know, it was only going to be a matter of time for Ryan Reynolds wore Hugh Jackman down <laughs> to, to make this. You know what I'm saying? I just can't wait to see the angle. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, we, we didn't get anything but a fuck it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know, dude. That's the best part. That's like, I to- I've I've told Rose and I, I messaged DJ. I, like I said, I'm like, this is like the Golden Child movie. It could be absolute dog shit. But just the fact that we're getting Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine and Deadpool is just going to whatever they come up with is going to be pure gold. Oh, it it it's it's setting the bar extremely high for Marvel, you know what I'm saying, to be put on notice like that. Like what other movies are you going to be able to put out that's going to be on par with that? You know what I'm saying? Cuz the it's the 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 participant I can't even fucking say the word, but <laughs> the time it's going to take for that fucking movie to come out how's anyone else gonna be able to hold a candle to that you know what i'm saying i know that it feels like this is the peak <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's like you know uh ryan reynolds wanted to outshine everybody and by playing a person who he's playing himself as he's playing another person and then <laughs> to get the iconic wolverine back you know what i'm saying because we thought we were done you know what i'm saying there hasn't that it's gonna be so hard to fill hugh jackson's shoes Period. Yeah. It oh that's gonna be ridiculously hard. I I kinda yeah. hope that they like obviously I don't think he's gonna be playing Wolverine through like everything else. Like I don't think he's gonna be yeah, part yeah, of like no, the live it's... action. I hope they find some way to incorporate the new Wolverine or whoever's going to play the new Wolverine so it's kind yeah. of like an official passing of the torch yes but like a, a, a you know multiverse stepping in and retaking because you know it's like it's so hard you know what I'm saying and then plus you know Sony's got this fucking shoulder grip of knowing able to be replaced for like what four years or two more years or whatever amount of years it has for whatever contract deal it is. And yeah, we got it's like, it was like here. five years. Yeah. Or, that's what I'm saying. It's like some ridiculous years. But the thing is, is like, who are we going to get to really pass that torch? And it's, there's so many actors that can be handed this torch. But the thing is, is can it be handed to a well-known actor? That one, that one, I don't, I don't want to see a well-known actor get Wolverine. I want someone that's yeah. just coming out from, like, just coming up. Yeah, like someone that's it, not that's super popular, thing. but just someone that can freaking kill this role. But who's gonna have the grit, though? That's the, that's the thing. Because Hugh Jackman just has that rugged, dirty grit of what Logan is. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Yeah, uh, well, it's it, hard. But what's funny too is like when it when it initially came out that he was going to be playing Wolverine back in two thousand. 
he was not like he was kind of i mean he was known but he was known for being like a pretty boy like a super clean cut pretty boy because he's been in just a, and, and, a ridiculous like amount a of rom-coms actor. yeah a stage yeah, actor that's what I'm saying, stage actor yeah yeah so yeah. it's just and he didn't fit the bill when he was cast and he just like was poured into the wolverine role <laughs> yeah it literally poured into the role and like fit the mold so much. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and him doing the role so much is like, you know, how many comics did he read to understand that? Okay, this is who I am. You know what I'm saying? And I'll too, um, I definitely wish they kept to the original Sabretooth character from the original X-Men, but you know, the, um, I can't remember his name right now, but, he did play a good saber tooth, but it still didn't have the look. Yeah, the it, it that's like the big thing. It's just like you kind of have to balance the comic character with like reality, and I think they yeah. just took it a little too far. Like, oh, we're just it's just the the essence of saber tooth is there, but just not quite. Yeah, because I mean the in, the I... the relationship between. Wolverine and Sabretooth in the comics is like super complicated and oh yeah it, it, it's deep it, it it is it runs so deep you know what I'm saying it's like hard to separate them so it's just like so freaking crazy you know what I'm saying it's just like yeah uh, I, I hope with uh, future MCU installments that that's something that they explore because that that relationship is I love that relationship Oh yeah, no that that like I said, it, it, if you could have a yin and a yang, that's like the epitome of that right there. You know what I'm saying? True hatred, true fucking like cutthroat, no fucks given. You know, back and forth, and they both reheal. That's the fucking fucked up part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just an ongoing forever battle. Oh, like it's so good. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm hoping that this movie kind of does that. It, it like introduces us to our new Wolverine. Definitely, definitely. So, but I I, I definitely love the way because he didn't even really show Hugh Jackman's face. He kind of just in passing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I that just made it even more perfect for for me <laughs> what if these steven seagals and give us give us like 10 seconds of him in the movie and then that's it uh that i'd be bummed out about i think they need it they need to have like a some sort of battle sequence like even if he's not like a huge part they need a battle sequence or just some banter between the two of them or maybe a good, even yeah, like a, a, good a cameo. fight yeah just a solid cameo will will make yeah. me happy <laughs> well, like it's almost we're have like to wait and see. I would even be fine if they like did a little bit less than what they did with like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield yeah. in Spider-Man. Like a little bit, like if it was just like that end battle sequence, perfectly happy with that. As yeah. long as there's a little bit of banter, like I'd be happy with that. Like I said, this is the golden child of movies for me, so it can do no wrong. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to come back and we're going to probably maybe get a fatal four-way going where you guys, DJ and myself, come back and we'll talk about that movie when we see Day Of. Oh, 
Absolutely. Abso-freaking-lutely. <laughs> uh, so that movie comes out in 2024. And I think it's safe to say my excitement level for this is like a freaking 12. <laughs> yeah, dial turned all the way up. <laughs> and then some. Oh, but with that out of the way, we can get into this week's awesome headliner where we break down over the top. Getting into this week's breakdown. If you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros and Angry Dad podcast letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and bit through our algorithm and give us a letter grade to compare this movie to others. And it also gives us a percentage so we can see like an official ranking, which pissed some people off. (laughs) (laughs) I can see how that goes. Oh, yeah. We we caught some shit for Hocus Pocus being above Age of Ultron last week. (laughs) How can you get like upset at that because hocus pocus is the that movie has hit the status of like it's a it's the seasonal movie it's like it's like die hard it's like you know what i'm saying it, it it's you know charlie brown's christmas it, it it's a movie that is synonymous with halloween so you can't it's like how could you be upset with that yeah i know right <laughs> yeah Dude, like that person that messaged us that, I was just like, dude, have you even like seen the movie? <laughs> like, it's freaking awesome. For real. Yeah. How bad of a childhood have you had? All right. Yeah, I know. I'm like, just, I don't trust your opinions on movies whatsoever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, you have an opinion and you're allowed to have it. Doesn't mean I got to agree with it. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, if you have not seen Over the Top, you have had a really long time to see it. So if it gets spoiled for you, it's your own damn fault. That's Uh, it. Yeah, so unfortunately, Rose isn't here to give us our Reading with Rose segment, so I'll be taking over this and reading the synopsis for the film. Lincoln Hawk is a truck driver who also arm wrestles for extra cash. Hawk's estranged wife, Christina, who is suffering from heart disease, asks that Hawk pick up their young son, young son, Michael, from military school and develop a relationship with him. Hawk had left them ten years earlier. Michael's wealthy grandfather, Christina's father, Jason Cutler, believes that Hawk has no right to be in his grandson's life. Michael distrusts Hawk initially and treats him with contempt at every turn. Over the course of a trip from Colorado to California, the two reconcile and bond. When they finally arrive at the hospital, Christina has died from complications due during surgery. Michael blames Hawk for delaying his arrival and immediately immediately leaves for his grandfather's estate. 
An attempt to retrieve Michael ends with Hawk being arrested when he resorts to ram raiding the gate mansion. Michael visits Hawk in jail and forgives him, but says he feels safer living with his grandfather. As a condition of charges being dropped, Hawk is obliged to sign over custody of Michael to Cutler. Hawk leaves to compete in the World Arm Wrestling Championship in Las Vegas, hoping to start his own trucking company with the prize of $100,000 in cash and a $250,000 Volvo white tractor truck, despite his underdog status. Most other participants are much larger, including Bull Hurley, who is the undefeated world champion for the prior five years, for the prior five years, the odds on favorite to win again. Other competitors include John Grizzly, Mad Dog Madison, Harry Bosco, and two-time Canadian champion Slammin' Carl Adams. When Hawk arrives, he sells his truck for $7,000 and uses the proceeds to place a bet on himself as a 20-to-1 long shot to win. Meanwhile, Michael learns Cutler had driven his parents apart and had been intercepting and hiding letters Hawk had regularly written to him. Stunned by his grandfather's deceptions, Michael steals a pickup truck and drives to Las Vegas to find Hawk. Hawk advances to the final eight competitors in the double elimination tournament before suffering his first loss, injuring his arm in the process. Cutler, who is also in Las Vegas, summons Hawk to his hotel suite and offers him a chance for a fresh start, $500,000, and a top-of-the-line semi, even better than the tournament's grand prize, on the condition that he stay out of their lives for good, but Hawk refuses. He returns to the tournament with improved focus and advances to, to the final match against Hurley. Michael finds Hawk and apologizes for misjudging him, which gives Hawk the emotional support he needs to compete. After a long match, Hawk manages to beat Hurley and wins the tournament. A triumphant Hawk and Michael take their new truck, cash prize, and gambling winnings and drive off to start a new life together. This movie is the definition of 80s montage, 80s heroics, and 80s action. Because it just has it all. It, it, the soundtrack, there is so much going on in the background when you pay attention to this movie. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, no joke. I, mean, I feel like they skipped over like a big portion of this movie. Like, not even talking about how the how he teaches Mike how to drive or the, how to freaking arm wrestle that like that one yeah. punk ass kid yeah. <laughs> the... took him down. <laughs> yeah. This, I hadn't seen this movie in years. Like I remember watching it with my dad and thinking like, Oh, okay. It's, it's all right. Watching it as an adult is so much better. <laughs> Yeah, it's way, it, like I said, when you watch it as a kid, it doesn't make sense. But when you watch it as an adult, you're like, what the fuck? This is, and, and like I said, it, it catches you from beginning to end. There's barely any downtime in this movie. That's the crazy part. You yeah, know, it's no like, joke there. Like, it's. You know, and it's star studded right off top. All right. Because you got Sylvester Stallone, 
um you have the grandfather who was the guy the the main the one of the main drug dealers in scarface all right you uh uh, uh john hurley in the movie uh bull the, the the main protagonist in this movie he was in batman returns um and then you got terry funk really? oh was he bane no, no, no. He was a strong man in Batman Returns in the one in the Michael Keaton one. It was Michael Keaton really? and Michelle Pfeiffer in the Penguin. Oh, okay. For some reason, I had Bane like on the brain with that one. Well, it's because he's fucking yoked. You yeah. know what I'm saying? These are all big <laughs> fucking dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody in this movie is the epitome of like. You know, Venice Beach weightlifter. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's jacked in this movie, but not just jacked, but they're like the round jacked, you know, like hard working, steel working, truck driving, fucking men, men. You know what I'm saying? They don't make them like that anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Terry Funk was um, was the dad's security guy. Is I don't know if you know who Terry Funk kicked, is. Is that the one he kicked through the yeah, door? Through the window. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Oh, dude! I, I knew he was Funk going was able straight to through that window <laughs> oh, or yeah, that door. It, it was telegraphed. Oh yeah, the way he stood in front, like it—it's almost like they put on that like little show for us, where he's standing right in front of a freaking glass door. I'm like, he's going through. Oh that yeah, door. let me paint this picture. He's <laughs> I hope he kicks him through that door, <laughs> which he did. Oh, you know, and like I said, this, this movie right here, it, and then um. One of the other facts about this movie is uh, uh, Gri- uh, John Grizzly, the guy who drank the motor oil and ate the cigar. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, he was a real professional arm wrestler, and he was all uh, he was also in another movie called Generation Iron. He w- ended up being a uh, sleeping in his van, training, waiting for the next movie part, but the next movie part never came. But I always remember him from right there because, like, when they showed the clips of him, because he really ate that cigarette. And really drank that motor oil. It was that was not effects. Oh shit! Are you? Yeah, he yeah he really <laughs> did that. Like he talks about it in just the, the small documentaries that I've seen him. And he's like, no, I did it. And then um, I actually have a friend <clears throat> who is a professional arm wrestler who spoke to him and he confirmed it. He's like, no, he really did eat that cigar and drink that motor oil. He he was fucked up, but he did do it. <laughs> Oh man, dude! The stuff that freaking arm wrestlers do to get like themselves psyched is insane. Hey, but you you got to get those adrenalines going. You got to get those things moving. You know what I'm saying? There's technique because, like I said, I, my my buddy Brandon Allen. He was he's been on my podcast. Uh, he's a, a professional power lifter. Started switching over to arm wrestling, and so once he started getting arm wrestling, he was like these small people would just pin him because of the way the technique is and the way the strategy is he's like you got to take all that into account when you're going so like when they doing these fast moves or they're letting you go and then they go and it's just like it's so crazy because like everything he said i would like after talking with him about professional armor i'm watching i'm like man this movie was pretty much as true as you could be in what armless single was yeah that was something i was looking up when while i was watching it i was just like it's the like how important is technique to arm wrestling? Because <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, no, there's, it, there's no it, way that yeah. he'd get r- like Sylvester Stallone against like freaking J- John Grizzly. 
Yeah, was, but that, that's what I'm saying. It's like that that that's the thing is like uh, talking with my buddy because my buddy is about as tall as me and about as heavy as me. And like like he deadlifts 800 pounds. You know what I'm saying? He he he's ridiculously strong. He's all, I was ha- like I had a professional woman arm wrestler beat me because I thought I could just do it. And then when that happened, I was like, I will never be beat again. And he just started fucking slamming arms at me. He's like, no, I, I had, he had to learn technique. He had to find someone to teach him. And once he started learning and like all about the pools and then out and then also to how to outlast people, because like some of these arm wrestling matches that we're watching, you know, the, the course are stretched out to be dramatic, but that's how long an actual arm wrestling match would take because there is back and forth. You know what I'm saying? There's a little give. There's a there's a way to lock your arm. There's a way to position yourself to let the other person burn themselves out to be able to come back. And so. You know, after watching, I was like, oh, it's pretty damn accurate. And the one thing that I loved about how accurate this movie was is how much people were actually sweating. Because in every scene, everyone's got the, that huge sweat stain on the collar and the huge sweat stain <laughs> on the back. And these are all big dudes, so they're going to be sweating like that. <laughs> everyone was glistening with sweat during this movie. Yeah. That's something that I, like, I mean, I think that's more like an effect thing. Just because, I mean, there weren't any real, like, special effects or anything. I, I mean, obviously, if that dude actually drank motor oil, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. like, that actually looked like motor oil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, the uh, one thing that I was going to bring up, like, then is, like, um, at least in the main or the the final uh, bout, they were yeah. kind of cut into different angles and there were some angles where they were both like glistening and then there was like another one where he looked like he was dry and yeah. i'm like what the hell's up with that <laughs> like consistency people <laughs> yeah they forgot to squ- uh, spritz him right before <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i definitely like the close up of the eyes because it was just like you could see the intensity of every time they transitioned cuz they were like ah like everyone was squinting <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I mean, other than than that, I mean, the arm wrestling stuff was awesome, but just like story wise, like it wasn't too bad. It kind of gave me, I mean, I know this movie's newer, but kind of like uh, real steel vibes. Yeah, where it's just like a father son connecting over. Yeah, the montage. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because that, that's that's exactly what it was. It you know there, there's going to be a little back blow, and as they had it, you could see the development of the them too after like seeing and going through. Because like he he tried to run away from his dad. He's like fuck this shit, I'm leaving. And then you know he he started slowly opening up, and then that's what would really happen on a cross country trip. You know what I'm saying? You're talking, you're moving, asking questions, and eventually you know that relationship is going to kindle. You know, and that's the one thing. And, and one of the things about like. Uh, a rite of passage is I've taught in every one of my kids how to drive. You know what I'm saying? And not just drive, but drive a stick. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let's let's do this. This is fun. I've Every one of my kids have been able to drive since the age of 10. You know what I'm saying? And they, you know, can drive. They can ri- ride around the block. They can do the parking lot. They can park. They can move. They can, you know, they can do all those things. And I made sure that my kids could do it. But also, too, that was like one of those things that it's a bonding moment. That that strengthens something 
that that no one else can share you know what i'm saying because you know if if you if you had a parent that taught you how to drive how much of, of a connection was there of happiness and joy like i'm really fucking doing this they're letting me do i know i'm not supposed to but they're letting me and how cool is that you know what i'm saying yeah. and you know and you know th- that right there is like that was the main turning point for the whole montage of them getting to know each other you know and then you know really getting a bond and shit and then you know and then right after that it was a uh you know hawk lincoln hawk had the feeling of like oh we're connected now let me share my arm wrestling with him because he saw me do it now let me instill something in him that's gonna make him strong and so, you know, when that whole arm wrestling scene was going off where he was beating this much bigger kid that we can see, you know, and the kid beats him, he runs out like, you wanted me to lose, you made me a loser. And then he had the whole speech, you know what I'm saying? Told him, you, you gotta, you know, the life doesn't meet you halfway, you know what I'm saying? You gotta get out there and take it. And then told, you know, had that father, son, you can do this speech. You know what I'm saying? And then next thing you know, he fucking boom, boom, fucking clapped that kid twice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> fucking double tapped him and was like, bitch. You know what I'm saying? And then it left a whole, the, the, that in itself was just an exciting uh, scene right there. But you got to remember, as soon as that happens, I want to talk to my mom. She calls mom. He's talking to mom. And he's fucking getting kidnapped. You know what I'm saying? He's walking outside to the truck and he's getting fucking kidnapped. And he, and you know, you know, Hawk's on the phone like, yeah, you know, talking to his, you know, his ex-wife, like, you know, we're really getting along, having a a touching moment. And then he hangs up. He's like, oh shit! And he goes out there, whoops, whoops the first dude's ass. You know what I'm saying? Whoops the first dude's ass. And then they they have a high speed chase. And let me tell you something right now. Those big rigs can fucking move he was driving he, the the truck he was driving they, they, they never give you a, a clear sign of what kind of truck it's a kenworth all right that motherfucker will fucking haul especially when there's no fucking trailer on it you know what i'm saying that thing's a beast and so you know when he clipped that truck i was like oh there's nothing left of that truck his truck's perfectly fine you know what i'm saying <laughs> Uh, and then he gets out and kicks two people. You know, it, it looked like he had a flashlight in his hand. I'm assuming that's what it is, because that's what most truck drivers will have a mag light. They use to tap the tires. He fucking pulled that out light, and those dudes booked. They were not sticking around. He was like, "Nope, kick their asses, get the fuck out." Yeah, my dad. Um, he used to be a a tow truck driver, but he like go. He was in charge of doing like repossessions and shit. Yeah. And he has one of those big ass like honking flashlight that takes like ten D batteries. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta like, carry one of those bad boys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying for you know uh, myself. I'm a truck driver. I have a class A driver's license. I could drive fucking anything under the fucking sun. And like I said, when he was driving that truck, I was like, yeah, I'd do that shit too. You know what I'm saying? Like, bah, bah. like I would, you know, if his son wasn't in the car, he could have just literally smashed it completely flat because that truck would have not held up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked how it kind of a little bit like it, this is getting more into like writing or whatever, but it kind of alluded to the fact that the truck can haul ass. Cause he like when his son asked him like, Oh, this truck's disgust or told him like, Hey, this truck's disgusting. And he was like giving him a little like history lesson on the truck. And he's like, Oh yeah, I, th- I got this thing damn near up to a hundred. And then his son interrupted him 
And I was just like, that's yeah. kind of good. Like it, it, t- it kind of gave us a little hint. Like this thing can scoot. <laughs> oh yeah, this thing can move. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, they're meant to fucking haul thousands of pounds. You know what I'm saying? They're there to hold tons. You know that, and then when they when they ain't got no trailer on them, psh, you ain't gonna see them. You know what I'm saying? They people actually drag race fucking trucks like that. I know. I've seen. I've, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that shit's nuts, dude. Like you wouldn't oh, yeah. think like a big truck like that could move as fast as it does, but I mean, if you sit there and do the math a little bit, <laughs> like hey, these things are supposed to have enough freaking torque to freaking pull thousands upon thousands of pounds. Like, you never think, like, hey, what happens if you don't connect that trailer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I said, it, it hauls ass. And then the other thing, too, is, like, uh, back in the day, because his truck is not just, like, a, a an older. His truck is, like, uh, an old school truck. And we're already talking about this movie was in 87. So this his truck must have been made, let's say, 70s, late 60s. That's the style of truck that he's driving. Like, his truck's a lot older than than what a newer truck is then and so it's built different because in that whole scene where he ramped when they said uh they rammed the gate i was like nah he fucking took out the whole fucking mansion you know what i'm saying <laughs> it didn't stop at the gate <laughs> you know he, he he ran over light poles he ran over a fountain and went straight to the door <laughs> you know what I'm saying? and then his truck was still driving after that <laughs> Yep, exactly. Like, and well enough to get seven thousand dollars after <laughs> out of yep. that one guy. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Uh, I definitely like that whole gambling scene. He's all, he's all. So, uh, what are the odds? I think they said twenty to one, and he was like, "Let me put seven thousand. And the guy's all, "Now that's gambling." <laughs> <laughs> So what? So t- the twenty to one would that be a hundred and forty thousand? Yeah. He, with and then winning? plus, I think the and uh, I want to say they said the the grand prize was five hundred thousand. No, so the five so five hundred thousand was how much the grandpa was offering him to just freaking scoot out of town. Oh, okay, well, no, I, it, I, the, I think the the the. the, the, the Prize for the show was five hundred thousand too. That's why he offered it to him to leave right there and then with the new truck. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm looking at the synopsis again. Cutler uh, or yeah, Cutler offers him five hundred thousand and a top of the line semi. The prize yeah. was a hundred thousand in cash and the two hundred and fifty thousand truck. Okay. So then right off top. He's he's still walking away with over one hundred fifty thousand or five hundred thousand dollars because he got two hundred fifty thousand dollar truck. He's got you know the hundred and fifty thousand dollars he's winning for the grand prize, and what he made himself. So that was a hundred percent betting on him for that because uh, that's a good amount of dough to start a business back then. Yeah, so he's he's like right below the five hundred thousand dollar, at least if you're throwing in the cost of the the truck. Yeah, that's so, definitely some. Good, it's good money to win, though. Hell yeah! I mean, if you're going to bet on anybody, you better bet on yourself. <laughs> that's it. Making it happen. Hell yeah! And then even too, like the whole ending of the movie, you know, like uh, you know, they never allude to what happens with the after of the movie, which I definitely would have liked. It ended on a high note, which I loved. But I definitely have that thought of rewatching it now where it's like, 
what happened with the grandpa and what's going on with the situation with the family now because obviously he's leaving with his dad so you know hawk and son trucking but then in the background you see the limo with the grandpa back there like what the fuck's going on you know what i'm saying like this dirtbag is fucking tried to kidnap him tried to uh, literally bribe him and then you know basically like you're gonna go to jail for a long fucking time because of what you did so you know what i'm saying the, the odds were definitely stacked against lincoln hawk in this movie but somehow you know it's like He's still walking away into the uh, walking away and riding off into the sunset. You know, I yeah. definitely would have liked a little, little, little closure on that end. A little bit, yeah, because it's like he signed. At least according to the synopsis, I don't think we actually like saw this. He signed over his his rights, parental rights. Yeah, yeah. In jail. I thought he I thought he just signed a paper saying that he was going to leave town. I didn't think he signed over his parental rights. Yeah, that's why that's that's I assumed the the contract for the lawyer was for. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's the case, then his grandfather or Mike's grandfather has custody. It's Mm -hmm. just I'm 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 wondering if like in my mind, in a part like the perfect movie world, (laughs) I think it's just they have some sort of arrangement where he gets like visitation, maybe gets to take him on like school breaks or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, like, no, that, no. That's then, my that, the, in, in movie lo- like I said, in movie logic, I accept the ending. But <laughs> after watching this movie, you know what I'm saying? It's like that. I wish I had that little bit of nugget. You know what I'm saying? Like a little drop, like you know, or you know, like like I said, it's it's a happy ending movie. Everybody wins. But it's like after you know watching it now, just like you said, I haven't seen it in forever. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch watch it again. And I even watched it again before. I think I watched it three times, uh, yesterday and two times today. And on the last time, I was like, man, you know what? I wonder what happened at the end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's just me <laughs> rewatching something multiple times. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm asking questions and not walking away because, like, uh, the way I always look at movies is I'll watch it at the theater, no questions asked. I get it. And then after when you own something and you rewatch something, like, oh man, I wish I knew that now. Yeah, that's how I like to come into these breakdowns. I always like have the initial watch, and that's just me watching as a fan. And then yeah. my my second watch is I come in with a more critiqueful eye, and then I I try to stop after that. So. Like, I, I try not to watch it a third time, because after that, I think, like, my opinions, like, I start to get more and more, like... Oh, yeah, it's the thoughts, small like, details oh, that get What about you. this? What about that? And I think, like, the sweet spot's, like, that second viewing, watching as a critic. It's, like, I think yeah. you've, you've missed just enough things for it to, st- like, still have a decent score. And, like, relatively it is, because, I mean, with, at least with me, with movies, I kind of go a long period without watching the same movie. Yeah. So it's like I have that like almost like that fresh take. Like every I think every th- time I view a movie after the first time is is like that that second time feel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like a little bit like oh I had some issues with this this and this but overall I mean it was it was all right. Oh yeah, no it, it it's a cl- it's a classic 80s movie right off top. Like you know th- this this movie is the transition into action hero movies of the 90s. You know what I'm saying? This is like 
like on the cusp, you know, say 87, but you know, I'm assuming it came out 87, 88. And so with it coming out 87, it's just like Stallone just doing Rocky, doing all these other movies and then making that huge transition into, because I think Rambo comes either directly after this or right before this. So I'm not 100% sure, but you know, it's like, it's it because it, like th- these these are the movies that go unheard and unseen for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is actually you know it's it's I mean it's, other than it's Rocky, like Sylvester Stallone's Commando. Yeah, like other than Rocky, because I, I I remember as a kid I I knew I knew Rocky, but I think this was like the first Sylvester movie that I like sat through. Like if if I'm remembering right, like I'm trying to see if like what the filmography is, see where this one puts because it, it it I feel like it it's somewhere between Rocky and Rambo. Because I mean I I view Rocky as like yeah like an I said, action movie. I mean it's not like no Rocky is an action movie. Yeah, it's not like classic '90s like blow 'em up action, but yeah. Let's see if I can pull it up myself. Let's see. Over the top. 87. Okay, so his first movie. Yeah, or, oh, Rambo 3 came out in 88. So it's definitely two past, uh, two past, um, two past Rambo. Yeah. Yeah, so okay, it was, so it was uh, a few Rockies, two Rambos, and then. Oh, yeah. Cobra came out right three. before. That's another one of those Sylvester Stallone movies. Wait, it was four Rambos or Rockies, not Rambo. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a few Rockies before uh, uh, Over the Top came out. Yeah, so we got Rocky. We got Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Ram. Wait, Rambo first blood. Where's the first That's an 82. Oh, okay. Yeah, first blood. Then... Yeah, part two. 85 is first blood two, four, three. And then over the top right after that. Yeah, that's it. Even Cobra came out right before it. Yeah. That's a good one, too, if you haven't seen that one. Cobra? Yeah. Oh, just looking at the poster, that looks like. (laughs) That looks classic. Oh, Oh, yeah. Hey, the, the the bad guy in that movie is one of the best bad guys in the game. Really? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And yeah, he and he plays the role perfectly. Man, I'm gonna have to check, like, just do a deep dive into <laughs> uh, Sylvester's um career. Oh yeah! Now he, he's like, got re-explore everything. All the classics to all the first ones before he got really good. Yeah. Hell, that's what that's what you can come to expect when we have Angry Dad and Ben on. Like it's it's either going to be um, Arnold or it's going to be Sly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then you get a little a little bit of Dolph Lundgren, some Van Dam. You know what I'm saying? Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal is like my holy grail of action of action heroes. Those like he. 
it's the perfect amount of cheese and the perfect amount of like arrogance that I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> like, like it, it's like, it, it, that's what I would call the chef kisses of like how I want my action hero to be cheesy lines and hitting them with kicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Freaking love it. Like not, nothing beats like the classic action movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's why, like, I started doing uh, um, my uh, an action movie podcast, and I do it here and there. But it's like you know, and it, it it's it always blows my mind how many people listen to it because it's like a three minute podcast usually, and people are like, "Oh man, you're right, this and this," and I'm like, "See, see I know there's people out there like it because I get <laughs> shamed by everybody I know. They're like, "How can you love watching this shit?" I'm like, "It's what I grew up on." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like. That's like I feel like our whole thing with this podcast. It's like every there's there's no move. There's okay. There's a handful of movies that are just absolutely not worth watching. Every movie has its like its value, and yeah, you can look at those movies and be like, oh, today like this wouldn't really work out. Yeah, it's not. It's because it didn't come out today. Exactly. That it works. Like if you can go back and like watch it in the eyes of someone that's from the eighties or nineties, like you're gonna have a freaking blast. Like it's it's <laughs> cheesy. It's supposed to be. <laughs> it's like freaking eighties exactly. action. You know what I'm saying? I know it's make believe, but it looks so good. <laughs> yeah. Like there there are movies that I have like like my guilty pleasure movies, like I um forget what year it came out, but like the two that early two thousands Punisher movie. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Freaking love that movie. I know, I know. Objectively, classic. I know objectively the movie kind of sucks, but I freaking love that movie. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, he because he plays the Punisher correctly. You know what I'm saying? The backstory, everything is lined up with the comic book and the versions of comic book of like war journal and uh, all because like the punisher is one of my favorite superheroes i've read almost every one of the comics ben that's back in the day nothing recent but like the way he presented the punisher is how he presented the punisher's always been presented ruthless no fucks given you slighted me and now this is who i am i'm the best of the best there ain't nobody fucking better and I'm gonna outperform everybody. I'll take my beatings, but I keep on fucking winning. And it was great. Did you uh, did you watch the uh, Dirty Laundry extended version that they did? No, I have not seen that version. Oh, you that is like you could do a mini episode or whatever. But if you go on YouTube, look up Punisher Dirty Laundry, and because they made a small clip to try to get the executives to create a second a second one of the Punisher. And that right there was, I was like, oh, I, I rewatch it all the time. Every time I'm, I'm like, I need a little motivation. I'll fucking put that motherfucker on and next thing you fucking know, I'm fucking all pumped up. I'm like, now that's what I want. You know what I'm saying? Bring some action like that in. You know, yeah. it's like, ah, oh. yeah, it's <laughs> does shit. Yeah. Punisher's always been in, in my top 10. Uh, favorite superheroes like my number one has always been hulk 
but he yeah. he's always been somewhere around like two or three. Like he kind of flip flops with Daredevil, but it's yeah, freaking love Punisher, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. See, like for me, it's always been Wolverine, the Punisher, and Hulk, and it's always been in that order because it's like the tenacity of never qu- quitting or stopping. The fucking relentlessness of like my justification, and then just the tremendous amount of strength that the Hulk's always had. It's just like every one of those characters is like top tier for me. You know, so I hold a little special heart. Like I want to say every month I rewatch the season of The Punisher on because now it's on Disney Plus and no longer on Netflix, and so I'll rewatch that. And then there, you know, the they've already announced, uh, or you know, I don't know if they officially announced, but everything I read is they're talking about. The, they're getting ready to make a new season and a movie for the Punisher with Josh uh, Josh Berlin or whatever you say his last name, and then the original Punisher from that earlier one, he's going to be the one that to direct the movie. He said, "I'll come back. Let me direct the movie." Dude, no shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm just saying it. It's a, it, like I said through the internet buzz that I've read and seen. I was like, that's exactly what's been asked. You know, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. That is if if that's true and he's coming back to that would be awesome. I haven't yes. heard any news, like at least in regard to like Punisher. Like I, the only thing that I've heard with like Punisher and some of the other like defenders like Iron Fist, Luke Cage. And yeah, that their rights, that their movie rights have been transferred back over to Marvel. Yeah. Um. So Marvel owns all that stuff again. Yeah. Um I haven't heard if they they're doing any projects with with him though. The only the only one that's been just getting a ridiculous amount of uh coverage has been Daredevil. Yeah. Well, you know, with the whole announcement on She-Hulk, it's just going to be what it is. Yeah. So I'm super excited for that and I I really hope I Despite everyone's feelings with, like, I mean, I love the Punisher. Like, there's yeah. no d- wrong with Punisher. But despite everyone's, like, negative feelings about maybe, like, Jessica Jones or Luke Cage or Iron Fist, I really liked th- those actors in that role. Yeah. I think I, I think Iron Fist could have been done a little bit better, but... Eh. I definitely felt that could have been done way better. Because I think they went a little too overboard with... uh some of the the feng shui of the way they were promote per, you know having him be yeah so i i think if they just i think if they get like the shang chi writers in and some of those like choreographers i think we we'd have a damn near perfect iron fist yeah i i, I agree with that statement <laughs> oh but anyway getting back to over the top <laughs> <laughs> Um, so starting off with story, like where, where do you, where are you thinking you're sitting with that? Um, my, on this one, I, I give it a, an eight. It's, it sits at an eight for me because it is is well thought, well laid out for the script. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no mincing of words in this movie. You know what I'm saying? It almost feels like there's barely any kind of filler. Right. Uh, so this is out of a hundred. Oh, out of a hundred, then I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'll, I'll say an a eighty nine. Eighty nine. It's pretty solid. 
I always forget it's out of a hundred. <laughs> yeah, the only ones that aren't are music and costumes. <laughs> yeah, because we come up like we decided to do that because there were too many movies that had just fairly average music, and so it was really hard to give them like a a decent score. And then yeah. same thing with costumes. <laughs> it's just like it's easier to do one through ten, and our our one through t- like even like our one through ten like the one doesn't equal 10. Like our one is the equivalent of giving something a 40. Yeah. And like even our fives, our fives are like the equivalent of giving something a, a 75, I think. So it's, it. we kind of adjusted it. So the lowest you could give anything is like a 40, <laughs> but we've never it's had good to know. that low. <laughs> Not that bad. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I th- I'm definitely a little lower than you on on story. I do think that the story though is kind of the highlight of this this whole movie though. So it is probably one of my highest grades. But I think I'm around like an eighty four. I respect that. Like, yeah, still definitely in the eighties. It was like, a, it was a great watch. Like, yeah. it definitely keeps you like in the flow of everything. I think they just move. Maybe I think it's just. Let me think of how I'm gonna how how to word this. I think they, they well, move, it, it, it they, blows the, it blows by the trip. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's where it moves too fast. Like the beginning. You're getting, it's all good. Then it flies by and then we're at the end. You know what I'm saying? But everything keeps you engaged the whole time. Yeah. There's definitely things I feel like they totally like gloss over. Like how the hell Michael got to Vegas. (laughs) Like we see him get to the airport and like hide out and like with the luggage. And then he's just suddenly in Vegas. He didn't hide out. (laughs) He got off the plane and back in the day. Anybody could buy a plane. Like at that moment in time, it was a free for all in the airports. You literally just showed up, bought a ticket, and got on the plane. No questions asked. No one gave a fuck. Like he could have at, at that that moment in time because we we take for granted how easy it was then, and how easy it is, how hard it is now to get on a plane. Because back in the day, he could literally walk up to the desk, "Hey, I want a plane ticket to Vegas. Fifty bucks. Boom." On the plane, out the, and no one would have questioned him. That's a, that, that's the freaking truth. Because like, airports back in the day are like that. Wild West, Wild West. Like he, <laughs> he, he stole Grandpa's, to stole Grandpa's Forerunner, and got there. And then it was like, fuck this car, I'm getting on a plane. Yeah. What well, did he like? I must have missed it or something. Did he actually like buy a ticket? Well, they didn't show that part. Yeah, they, that, like that's, that's what the whole I'm, part I'm where they lost like, it. Yeah. The yeah, last he walked the... in. I saw him drop off the car, freaking be like, here, take it, like, or have it. And then the next thing uh, that we see, or that I remember seeing, is that he's on the freaking flight line. And then he just jumps on with the luggage and takes off. Like, oh, yeah. Kind of like he's well, hiding. Like, uh, uh, on, on him, uh, he got on the plane because when he got off the plane, he was coming down, he was coming through with all the other passengers. And then he seen his his grandpa's goons, and then that's when he came jumping out of the luggage because he was like he found another way out. Oh, okay, I, I then yeah, I missed 
I missed a part. Because <laughs> I'm just like, they just <laughs> oh, totally yeah, yeah. like that, glossed it, over that shit. <laughs> well, it, it, for that moment in time, that was believable. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> that, that's how it was back in the day. Because like even when I was younger, and I want to probably say around the, that same time era, I got on a, my mom just put me on a plane, no supervisor, no nothing. They're like, hey, my son's going from here to here. Here's his plane ticket. And then my mom left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I flew by myself with my brother on a plane, you know? Right. Yeah. So I, yeah. Other than that, like that, like I said, they're not that way. I've like corrected that one. Um, there's definitely things that they just kind of gloss over a little too quickly that I'd like a little bit more information on, or I would have Especially liked the to kidnapping. See. Yeah, like that one, I would have liked to see a little bit more like the ramifications of that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, just... we're just gonna get in my car and leave, and then totally forget this happened because that happens all the time. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah, think... people are always trying to kidnap me. <laughs> So yeah, that's that, that's just keeping me from going a l- any higher. So eighty four for story. Uh, moving on over to writing, this is where I think that the movie takes a bit of a dive because <laughs> the the dialogue is cheesy as hell. <laughs> I, I think my biggest is, issue is when it... yeah, I think my biggest <laughs> issue is when Michael like in the beginning when he's like sir and ma'am to everyone <laughs> and or well you know he just got that, out of he just got that. out of military school yeah i or yeah that like i can't give too much it's the the formal way that he went about being an asshole <laughs> very pretentious very yeah pretentious. i'm just like you you freaking dick like you know you don't have to freaking talk like that like when he's just like excuse me sir may i like, can I have permission to ask a question or to say something? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. This truck's disgusting. Well, it, it... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, too, you got to look at his grandpa. If his, his mom was sick, he was with his grandpa at all times. So I could definitely see where that rubbed off on him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> but... I'm better than you. I'll always be better than you. <laughs> yeah. And then. I like how he tried to like opening up that dialogue and then immediately hits him with like when he tries to like not like kind of defend his truck in a way and he's just like we don't need to make small talk. He's like <laughs> all right. <laughs> like just came off like a little over the top. <laughs> Pun intended. Using the movie name drop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there there was a lot of of stuff like that. I I personally, I feel like this whole movie was written around the dialogue of um like the world doesn't meet you halfway when like the that arm wrest- when he was arm wrestling the kid. I felt like the whole yeah. movie was re- like that's the the scene that they had in their mind and that's just what they played off of and they're like, "Okay, how do we like build out from that?" Yeah. Now, and it, that, that's the truth, because like even in like uh, all of like the uh, the movies of when you look this movie up online, that's what this movie is known for in the, the saying in what he's saying. And that's when like nobody 
in the right mind, anybody that I know who's ever seen this movie understands that that's not the catchphrase. The catchphrase happens at the end. And when that catchphrase hits, that's what this whole movie should have been built around. But, you know, that's just how it goes. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you know what the catchphrase is, but I'll definitely say it if you don't know it. All right, I'm going to say I, I'm not recalling it. Like, I, I was under the impression it was the, the world doesn't meet you halfway. <laughs> nah, nah. Hey, let me tell you right now. And this, he puts, he has his hat on. He's always wearing a hat. And anybody who watches this movie and quotes this movie doesn't quote that the world doesn't, you got, doesn't meet you halfway. It's like, no. It's like a switch. And I turn my hat around and I'm like, this <laughs> truck. All right. That is what this movie is known about. It's like a switch. I, you know how many people I know, as soon as we start getting real or start getting crazy, it's like, it's like a switch and they move that hat around. Nobody gives a fuck about that. Let's meet me half. The world doesn't meet you halfway. It's like, no, it's the hat. The hat is the fucking, that's the known saying. Oh. <laughs> uh. Dude, that's that was a great line. That I'll I'll give you that. That was a, a fantastic line, and his de- <laughs> his delivery on it too, just like like a machine. <laughs> I'm like, like a machine. Let me tell you, it's just like a switch. Let me tell you right now. And he every time he moves his hat, his his eyes open up all the way, and he gives you the crazy eyes. So every time he does, that's how you know it's in, it's intense. And I don't know, not one person. Who's ever quoted this movie? It's like the life doesn't meet you halfway. It's like no, it's like a switch. Or oh, he's like, I love over the top. It's like a switch. That's a, the first words that come out of your head, your mouth is like, bam. I'm like, see, if a movie was written around that saying, you could imagine how much better it would have been. I, harder to disagree with that. They, that that was a kick ass. I'm 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 kind of ashamed. I for, I forgot it. <laughs> I was so focused <laughs> well, ab- around that one part being like, oh, that was such a well-written scene. Like, <laughs> completely yeah, forgot that, about like said, the best line in the movie. <laughs> yeah, the best line in the movie. Ah, it's like a switch. I'm like, yes, yes. Uh, you know, anytime I do anything, it's what I say in my head when I spin my hat around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think an- another thing that kind of distracted me from that line was – those interviews or wh- however you want to, whatever you want to say, like when they were, yeah, with that, that when they were talking to the, uh, the arm wrestlers, so like, it was almost like they told Sylvester Stallone to like improvise that line, like what he was saying. Cause it, it felt like so jumbled and like all over the place. I'm like, dude, just say something. And then well, the other guys talks. were just, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then the other guys just seemed like really over the top, like again. Um, but no, like freaking uh, Bull Bull Hurley talking yeah. like when he gets in the ring, he's like t- saying like, "Oh, I go in to maim them and like all this like cr- cripple them and and that's it. <laughs> maim them." And I'm I like, drive trucks and break arms. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was almost half expecting, like you know that whole thing. It's like I came here to kick ass and like chew bubble gum, and I'm all right, all out of bubble gum. <laughs> I ain't driving trucks. 
Uh, John, John Grizzly, he's my mortal enemy once I step in the ring. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yep, that's what you do. Yeah, so I think this, this movie had like a significant amount of cheese to it. With yeah. like a few like decent, decently written Oh, some good gems. Yeah. <laughs> so with this, I'm 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 a little lower. <laughs> I think I'm like maybe in like the seventy three range with it. It it was just cheesy as all hell. <laughs> it was. I don't want to say it was cringy, because it's like it was just a lot, a lot to take. Yeah, no, no, it it, def- <laughs> it definitely was because like. Uh, like even for myself, I'm at a 77 with it. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm 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 in the same realm, but I'm just a little higher. Yeah, I feel you. It, it's Michael seemed to bring it down f- for me a lot because <laughs> I think there was just some weird, weird stuff there, and I don't know if they established this when he was when he found the letters. From his dad. They were like, they seemed like they were all open, right? Yeah. It also felt like it was in his mother's living space. Yeah, no, no, that that's that's that is the truth. You know what I'm saying? So that just it lets you know that it's either the mom or the dad forcing the mom to not do it, but it never implies it. You know what I'm saying? Because like he opened up a purse and they were all in there. So that was a little suspicious on how they did it. Yeah, it's like they didn't like who was keeping Michael away. It like the, I wish they would have answered that because it. I mean, first assumption we think it's the grandpa, but then it's like we find fa- find all these letters in her space. Yeah, and it it just yeah all open. Know. So she yeah. def- definitely read them, and then also too, it's like um, you know, like why would you keep them? And also, too, why would you like just have him just like he 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 did, he went to two spaces. He went to a cupboard and he went to a purse, opened it all up and was like, oh, it's all here. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what do you do? But then also, too, he left. You know what I'm saying? So it never implies who's keeping who from anybody. If that's what the things if that if that's what they're saying, you know? Yeah, that's that seems to be but like that's diving a thing. lot deeper into the movie. <laughs> yeah, that, it's like one of those things that I wish they would have covered a, a little bit better because it, it it's like they leave that whole relationship up in the air. It's like, okay, why did he leave? We never get a, a decent response for that. And it seemed like it seemed like he was saying to the to the grandfather, like, "You pushed us apart." And he's like, "You know that's not true." And then he just like shut up. So it's like, okay, so it seems like there's some truth to that. <laughs> Yeah. And then yeah, then the letters coming from the the mother's space, it's just it's confusing. Like hey, yeah, we need, de- we need definitely some answers it, it, here. <laughs> yeah, that's what and that's what I'm saying. It's like a little tie-in would be nice, you know what I'm saying? But you know, for movie purposes, it's like we just got to accept it and move on, which that's why like even with the writing, it, it definitely, you know, drops it lower on that end, you know, for me. You know, it's yeah. like that made no sense, but okay. Yeah, like 
I mean, if you go into like, like we've said, if you go into this with with your brain completely shut off, like you're you're bound to have a much better time with it than if you go in with way better time. Yeah, if you go in with it being like, oh, what about this? What about that? It's just come exactly. on. <laughs> yeah, so watch it twice if you need to, but not three times. <laughs> Uh, all right, next up in acting, let's see. The main cast, we got Sylvester Stallone, who played Lincoln Hawk. We have Robert Loggia, or Logia, or however you say that, who played Jason Cutler. Uh, yep. Susan Blakely, who played Christina Hawk. Uh, Rick Zumwalt, who played Bob Bull Hurley. And then the other one, David Mendenhall, who played Michael Cutler. Yeah. And also, too, you can't forget the hardcore legend Terry Funk himself. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a little lower on the on the board there, but yeah, I always yeah, like to no. mention him because, like, like I said, it's just he he's he's been the bad guy henchman in every. 80s and 90s movie you know what i'm saying his i, I want to say his biggest movie that he's probably ever done is roadhouse roadhouse <laughs> oh that's yeah just looking at all the other see if there's anyone else that like stands out it, it's funny going through these these older movies because it's like you can sometimes catch some bigger names like yeah, right just some start. background character. <laughs> yeah, it definitely happens. Like I remember yeah. him. Yeah, it doesn't look like any other like huge names. Yeah, not, not nothing. I think like one other person in this movie was uh, a famous writer and band member. I just can't remember his name. Because he, he played with, like, Santana and played with a couple other people. But uh, I think he was one of the other arm wrestlers. Oh, you mean, um, oh, was it Bosco? Yeah, I think it was Bosco. Uh, let's see. Sam Scarber. What was his name? My internet wants to work. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. I'm trying to see if I can pop it up myself. Yeah, it says he's known for Over the Top, The Karate Kid, and Eraser. Doesn't say anything about him being a musician, though. Oh, trying to see here. Oh, it's uh, Jimmy Keegan. He played Richie. Oh, okay. So he played with Santana? Yeah. Played with Santana. He was a drummer, a voice actor. He did all kinds of other stuff. Like I said, nothing crazy, but like I, I do remember him from all that stuff. Yeah, it looks like he hasn't had anything since 2014. Yeah, he he's worked. just been a uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes musician. you get these, these guys that just do parts because they know somebody. Yeah. It looks like the last big thing he did was over the top. <laughs> Everything else has been like <laughs> a TV series where he's like done the English version of a, a voice. And then like one thing where it's, he played himself. 
in a short. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's interesting. Yo, know, he he did some he did a additional voices in GI Joe. <laughs> the TV series. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um so let's do maybe top 3 like favorite actors. In this one here? Yeah. In this movie? All right, well, mine's right off top. Uh, it's going to be Terry Funk because Terry Funk, like, it, he just has the, the, the goon look. And so he always plays that tough guy either in a suit or in a tank top getting his ass kicked. <laughs> and then, and then um, I'm going to go uh, Bob the Bull Hurley because, goddamn, like, his role he wasn't in much of the movie but him walking in the way he did in the beginning scene of the first arm wrestling match you can tell that something was up with him and that he knew and he was the one in control of the situation even though he's not doing anything so he in this movie right here he, without him you know it just looks like hawk is un, unbeatable you know what i'm saying that's just how it feels like the like you know everyone knows Stallone's the hero and the act the the main person so it's like if you don't have someone towering over Stallone y- you don't have a movie that's just what it is you know what I'm saying yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you got to have that formidable bad guy where he questions himself and if he can win or not and so that's that's why I'd give him, and then Sylvester Stallone so those are my those would be my top three uh this one was tough for me, and it, it's actually more picking my number three was the most difficult. <laughs> um, I feel like it was my number three at tie between uh, David Menden, Mendenhall, who played Michael, and Robert Loggia. Yeah, but I think like Michael was just freaking aggravating at times <laughs> like, well that's child acting for you yeah and it's like it's it's difficult to like overlook <laughs> for for me but i think i'm going to give it to robert Loggia, who played jason cutler i think he played like a, a really decent antagonist in this yeah like he <sighs> It's hard because it's like he he did play it like maybe overly enthusiastic, <laughs> but in a way that made sense because it's like you're you're watching the uh, grandfather of this boy who who pre- like who practically raised this boy because his daughter was sick, and then yeah. it's like you're you're getting a lot of different aspects to him where he's dealing with the loss of his daughter too. And then just trying to, maybe it's like he it humbled his heart a little bit. Because it looked like there was some look of maybe acceptance when he was watching Hawk in the, the tournament. Yeah, when he was winning, you know what I'm saying? There was definitely, yeah. he had that look of, of like... You know, like uh, not of defeat, but of like understanding, like he's won his son back. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, he has to accept this now, now that he's won. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it's, and it's interesting because like watching his face in that moment kind of made me really think about what he was saying to Hawk when he was offering him that deal and saying like, I don't have any family left. And so it's almost yeah. like starting to view Hawk in as as family i don't like that might be a stretch for <laughs> well it technically be a son-in-law you know yeah. what i'm saying it's just that you know after he left he's like you know you're gonna hold a, a a bit of a grudge of like you abandoned our family you know what yeah. i'm saying and it didn't but, seem like they got divorced given. like it didn't, yeah, well, yeah like, like i said it's, it's never it's never explained what happened you know what i'm saying all they say is he left and it's because you made me leave, and then he shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, like even when they were at the hospital, he was—they're just like, "Oh, your wife has like passed away." So it's yeah. like one of those other things. It's like I wish they would have addressed a little bit better, but yeah. So I think I'm I'm going to put him as my number three. Then my number two, I'm going to give to Bull Hurley. As as crazy as he was, <laughs> it was just so. He was awesome. <laughs> like it was hard not to be like like rooting for him because he he was just cool. <laughs> like I know he was supposed <laughs> he was to be like I know, know I know I know he was supposed to be the bad guy in this, but he played it off in a way that was just funny and like made me want to root for him. Cause like the way that he's talking about like crippling him and maiming and like, he, yeah, like the enemy. And I'm like, that's freaking badass, dude. <laughs> like, well, I think, yeah, and that's the thing too, is you, you, to, to beat Stallone, you, you gotta be that guy. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have yeah. that 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 aura around you of like, yeah, nobody <laughs> will survive. Yeah, so I had to give him number two, and then number one, of course, to giving it to Sly. Yeah, like, I think he I agree did, with that. I think he did fairly well. I'm I'm not the biggest, at least in in turn, like I like Sly movies. But in terms of acting, I think Sly's very on the slightly below average. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fair statement, you know what I'm saying? Which is definitely a fair statement. Yeah, so that being said, and with all the, the extras, because <laughs> the extras just freaking killed this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, me tell you right now, the, that whole end scene, you know what I'm saying, Talk about putting it on correctly, and especially all the other arm wrestlers. Each one of them deserved the credit that that they added to that movie because they gave the most realistic attitude scene that you could at a, at a competition like that at that moment in time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was it was it was definitely over the top. It was definitely like in your face. I'm here to win. Fuck everybody else. This is what we're doing. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> Yeah, the the title of this movie is just so perfectly titled because it it applies to everything. It applies to the freaking move that he was doing. It applies to the acting in this movie. 
applies to <laughs> like it applies to everything. Everything's just over the top. <laughs> yep. Oh. So with that, my acting score is also not very high. <laughs> <laughs> I I will put it slightly above the writing though. I think I'm going to go up to like a 75. Because they did a decent enough job for it me yeah. to not be, like, overly distracted by anything. It was just... I, I have to give some forgiveness because it's, like, late 80s. <laughs> yeah. No, no, def and definitely, you know what I'm saying? I, I completely understand that. Because, like, even for me, for the act... Because, like I said, this is the level of acting that I appreciate. But... The kid is what brought me down because just like you said, his acting every so often, it would just like bring the scene down, like the emotional, the emotional uh, back and forth talk of when Hawk um, was, you know, not not convinced that he could beat Bull. And they were like, you were talking about you. You weren't talking about me. You were trying to help yourself believe this. It like completely killed the scene for me because it was like there. It was I was like, all right, all right, boom. And then it just like throttled back. And I'm like, that could have been a lot better. You know what I'm saying? And and, and but like I said, Salone, the extras, everyone carried this movie extremely well. So like it 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 I was gonna say 82, but I'm gonna give it an 81. An 81? Yeah. Not bad. All right, next up we got character development, which this is kind of a tough one to do on one character. I think we can definitely do this on on Hawk and Michael. Yeah, like, together that's, that's and, like, the, like what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The emotional development between them two was very well laid out. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it started off rocky. It kind of smoothed out. It kind of smoothed out. His dad saved his ass. And then, you know, shit went to fucking hell. And then his son had that realization once he found the letter. So, like, it, and then, like I said, it, 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 it was an emotional roller coaster of emotions for both of them. Because he's the, you know, Hawk's unsure. Michael's unsure. Nobody knows what. And they're getting forced into this situation because the mom told him to go get his son. And then the mom told the, the general or whoever the corporal or whoever was the headmaster of the school, nope, he's gonna pick him up and take him. And then that's what kicked off this whole emotional roller coaster. And so there was a good amount of development between them two. So for me, for the emotional, the character development, I would say a 78. I would definitely give it a 78 because, you know, we got to watch them develop together. And, you know, it, it as much as I didn't like the kids acting, I did enjoy the the emotional ba banter back and forth. Yeah. I I thought it was really interesting to kind of introduce this um like the father son as strangers. Like more or less like but just like doing that and then just the resentment that Michael has towards Hawk. And the way that they're able to grow out of that. And then it just comes to 
an immediate halt when Michael like starts blaming Hawk for not being at the hospital when his mom passed away, which is completely mm-hmm. understandable. Like, yeah. If you look at Hawk like from a distance and you squint, like he <laughs> reacts exactly how a child should. And <sighs> so like him getting like all worked up about that and being like, I should have been here, like it's like hard to disagree with him. It's like, yeah, you probably should have. <laughs> but then I like like you said, when he has that realization of everything that his dad attempted to do and it's kind of cool like even after he saw those letters how he was still kind of like wanting to go with his grandfather because it's more secure yeah like you can you can understand that decision and then that he it's almost like he was he felt like he was in a place to choose between his father and his grandfather but then somehow found that middle ground where he's like i don't have to pick one or the other i can have both and some like kind of i assume like i said in the perfect movie world that they were able to like come to that arrangement where that they had that middle ground and yeah for for me the character development it was was fairly it was around there. So I might actually go a little higher than you with the character development. And I might be at like a 79. Okay. All right, moving on over to effects. No special effects in this movie that we're aware of. But <laughs> yeah, tons of practical effects. Yep. At least with like driving and the big semi and... And all that, so there was some crazy stunt work with this. Like the big one that comes to mind is when he comes crashing through the the gate at the mansion, and then just drives through a freaking fountain. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, it, you know, and that that that's re- like they really set that up to happen because, like I said, it like the gate went, the fountain went, and then the the mansion went through. So even with the way it was set up, it looked like. It looked and handled like it would really happen if you drove a truck. You know what I'm saying? Because like there was, you know, however they set it up and however they did it, it, it looked very convincing, and I enjoyed it a lot because I was like, yeah, because as I'm because I drive truck or I used to drive truck, and I'm like, yeah, a truck would definitely more than handle everything it just did right there. You know what I'm saying? Even with the chase scene that they had, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what a truck would do too. I'm like, yeah, if someone was hauling ass, really knew how to drive. That is very plausible. Yeah, and I appreciated the hell out of that. Like, they could have done something. Like, I don't think they had to go as far as they did with all of that. But it, mad appreciation for doing that. Like, it was nuts. Like, I even, like, rewound the scene where he was crashing through the fountain and just to, like, really study it. And it looked like it broke apart, like, real concrete. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it, it, it definitely, like, it wouldn't surprise me. 
like I said, you know, they got to use special effects because whatever amount of times they have to redo it. But I would not doubt it if they did that in one take. Not that was good. You know what I'm saying? Because of the way it handled. Yeah. I think maybe the one thing that they did do, if anything, and it was just something that I kind of noticed after like the rewatch. I didn't notice it like the the first go around. But when I rewound it, it kind of felt very a lot more compact than the the uh the shot of the house that they showed when he was like looking oh, yeah. towards it so it felt like if they did anything it's like they set up a like a fake lawn for him yeah. to do the the run through which well, would if made that was sense. a real house you you could you couldn't set up any kind of damage like that so i definitely understand because that definitely looks like one of those LA Hollywood houses that it, like it, you know it's all like conceptually done and it's very expensive so they gotta they, they, they can have the, the they can use the house space but they can't destroy the the mock-up <laughs> yeah exactly so i i appreciate the hell out of that and it it's like it went fast enough where you don't realize that or you you can't recognize it was the only reason i was starting to think like oh is this a set is because i had it paused and started realizing, yeah. like, oh, it seems like it's, like, tight and compact. Like, yeah. you're not seeing stuff that's, like, far away. It's, like, really, like, tight quarters. Well, you know, recording at night gives you the ability to hide everything else around you when you do it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, de- it definitely worked out in their favor. Because, yeah, like I said, it, it looked, ex- like, even when I was watching it earlier, I was like, yeah, that looks exactly like how a truck would handle in this situation. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if they like actually did a lot of the stuff. Like they're just like, screw it, freaking get yeah. built, built Make it look concrete. Real. Yeah, with, with the uh, with the uh, the the guard on that truck, it, they could have hit anything, and it wouldn't have done shit. Yeah, <laughs> that was a I thick bl- steel fucking. It. Yeah, <laughs> that thing's just a freaking bulldozer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and then like even too, um, you know, what, what you know, you, you didn't know that when he ate that cigar and drank that oil, you didn't know you thought that was like, oh no, no, it's just a, no, he that was like on the fly, he really did it, check this the fuck out and did it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's friggin' nuts. So I'm definitely giving some bonus points for that. I'm trying to think if there's <laughs> anything else. Like the only other thing. That I feel, or the only thing that I can think of that I would maybe dock for was the the sweat in the the yeah. final thing. It just was super inconsistent the way that they were jumping around, and like you could tell because freaking bull was bald, and so like a yeah. top shot, you his, his you can see like it's just a, a clear mat, and then like up close and personal, he's like dripping sweat. I'm like, dude, freaking pick one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like someone uh, forgot how sweat but there was works. a lot of sweating in this movie uh, oh, that's yeah. another thing too this movie was like and, and like i said this is just this is like extra but like this movie was advertisement city <laughs> you know what i'm saying everything like you could like uh, people you know uh most people won't reckon remember this but uh before bowflex there used to be solo flex and Solo Flex was like this rubber band 
workout equipment and Stallone was working out on it. Everyone had solo flex undershirt. Uh, there was Alka-Seltzer shirts everywhere. Um, you know what I'm saying? Budweiser. There was, uh, I only saw one Adidas and that was it. But like this, this, <laughs> this was at, like, either everyone's drinking Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> I was just like, all right. Yeah. Very, very product placement heavy especially with the, the tournament, which I mean, Tournaments that, are going to be like that, though. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly how it be. <laughs> like, yep. you'll get freaking commercials at at tournaments. Hell yeah, everyone's got a placard everywhere. <laughs> but yep. I was just, I just thought it was funny. I was like, Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that, too, with the, like, I almost started, like, the, the pop, pop, fizz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but everything else was was solid, super freaking yeah, solid. It definitely was. So the I thought it was going to be the story that was my like high point, but I I think it might be the effects. So my effects mm-hmm. are are pretty pretty high. I think I'm about an 88 just docking for the like the very few issues that i i did have yeah and see i'm i was like for myself i was at 85 so you actually uh, marked it up a lot higher than i did (laughs) yeah i mean i'm a sucker for good practical effects like i'm a big sucker (laughs) So, I mean, it's hard to argue. I mean, if you got good effects, you got good effects. Exactly. Especially when you pull them off smoothly. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got music. So, this one's out of 10. And this soundtrack was pretty bitching. Oh, yeah. And St- and Sylvester Sloan got his brother to sneak in a song. Did he really? Yeah. Look it up. Frank's a uh, Frank. Stallone did a song on this. I think it was like Night Bite or something like that. Hmm. I don't even know where I would look that up. <laughs> Bro, I'll tell you right now. Let me see here. Oh, I went too far. Here we go. Music. So, uh, Sammy Hagar, Winner Takes All. Uh, in this country by Robin uh, Robin Zender, and there's an international version of it filmed with Eddie Money. Uh, I need is you by The Big Trouble. Uh, Bad night by Frank Stallone, and then uh, Meet Me Halfway, which is the name of the uh, the song from uh, Kenny Loggins. Who is you know that's supposed to be the uh, the talking of this movie, and then you have a uh, gospel soul by Asia, the fight by Giorgio Mondaro, I don't know, and over the oh, uh, mind over matter by Larry Green, and then Eddie Money coming in, I will be strong. So <laughs> this, this had this right here, eighties basically heavy metal singers all the way around, and even Frank Stallone. 
got to make a little money on this movie. That's awesome. It it was a freaking good soundtrack, dude. Like it's it's hard to it's hard to make an argument. Well, otherwise. Let me tell you it is. It is because it, it has nothing but bangers. And for that moment in time, this soundtrack completely lines up with this movie. And like I said, I'd give it an eight. I give it a solid eight because this it has everybody and it has good songs and it has the hits of the time. You know what I'm saying? And plus, yeah. when you can show your brother some love and make some money. Yeah, I'm eight is actually exactly where I was sitting with with the soundtrack. Like I always say that it's just it's always one catchy tune away from like perfection. And that's what this one was missing. And mm-hmm. it everything else, it worked really well with the, the scenes. Like you said, it was like yep. perfectly tailored. <laughs> like it followed the damn <laughs> movie perfectly. It's just there was just which it did. What like I think it, with this, it was just missing one big song or one catchy song to score yeah, it, a little it, bit higher. It needed to have that one where it makes you hum the action scene. You know what I'm saying? Or the montage really like it. it it, that's what captures it, you know what I'm saying? Because like you can have a good montage song, but if it ain't got that catchy hook, catchy tune, it ain't no eye of the tiger, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you know there was so during like that that final round with the the tournament, there was a song that kept going through my head, and I was almost like wanting it to play, but it 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 kind of like matched the same tone as like the song that was playing, but it was like. Uh, like that, you're the best around. <laughs> like, what yeah, are those that's, songs? Um, the Karate Kid. Yes, that's what it's from. <laughs> Gosh, that yeah. that's been bugging me like all day. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's what the, the song. That's what it, that's what it was missing, dude. That's if it would have thrown that in, I would have yeah. been ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like it, it needs that right there. You know what I'm saying? That winning montage. Like as he was hitting those last reps in his truck, fucking working that fucking barbell, fucking pulley machine, trying to get the, the the arm strength up. It needed something right there to like just drive it home. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. All right. Next up, we got costumes. So, um, you know what? This right here, because and I'm not going off at anybody other's costumes except for arm wrestlers. All right, nobody else. I'm not considering the son. I'm not considering the grandpa. I'm not even considering the goons. I am only considering costumes in this situation for everyone that participated in the main event because everyone had the right cutoff, everyone had the right sleeveless, everyone had the right tank top, and everyone had jean short, jean pants or jean shorts on as they were arm wrestling. So, and then even to uh, Bull had the the leather lifting belt on that definitely would have been worn during the, during this match. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, I'm not going off of any other characters except for arm wrestlers. 
because like I said, everybody was wearing exactly what you would be wearing to win a sh- to win the competition here. Yeah, it's hard to go off of anyone else in this movie because it's like they were wearing time appropriate clothing, like nothing too yeah too big about that. Um, I do kind of want to know why the hell everyone was getting their <laughs> their underwear in a in a freaking wad when he was walking and the uh, to pick up Michael. And he's like, they're all like looking at him and I'm like, he's not wearing anything that's like out of the ordinary. (laughs) Yeah, but also too, like uh, he's in a very prestigious military school that costs money. So everyone here is rich, you know what I'm saying? And he's pulling up here in a semi in a sleeveless shirt, you know what I'm saying? So I could definitely see why that is happening because like. And the reason I give it a 10 is because everything they're wearing in this show is what I wear. I only wear sleeveless shirts. I cut my shirt sleeveless. I wear tank tops and I wear shorts all the freaking time. So like a lot of my style is embedded and ingrained in those final scenes of all these big badass motherfuckers wearing exactly what I'm wearing. And I'm even wearing it right now for those who can't see me in this podcast is I got a sleeveless (laughs) Hulk Hogan shirt on, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because uh, that's how I fucking roll, <laughs> and uh, this is what I live for. <laughs> yeah, they any costume issues that I had were at the beginning when he when they were at the military school, and that's just because prior military. And I was just like ripping their their outfits apart, like when <laughs> like when they had like their big graduation ceremony, and like first off, their freaking line like their formations looked like shit. Um, <laughs> but when he like they had their their graduation were dismissed and whatever, and they like threw their hats, and he immediately like Michael immediately like wore his cap off center, and I'm just like, dude, you freaking. Like, if you're in military school and you graduate, you're not doing that. (laughs) At all. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, hell, for the first four weeks after boot camp, I was wearing everything. Like, my uniforms were crisp. Like, I didn't start, like, getting a little lax until easily a month, maybe month and a half after I was at my duty station. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my uh. shit was toit. <laughs> That's it. Tight like a tiger. <laughs> yeah. So, like, watching their formation, like, I thought it was, like, grown-up military. And so, watching them march, I'm like, their their lines look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is t- getting these kids to walk like this? <laughs> yeah. And then I saw it was, like, little kids. And I'm just like, oh, Okay. <laughs> I mean, still not super psyched about it, but I mean, whatever. Like, you, I, I can only like bitch that. so much. <laughs> 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 but that, like, that was my like my big issue. So, I mean, that's docking a little bit. But I, I was wanting to ask you too about the um, the the belt. Like, I, I know I've seen some people wear those at the gym when they're doing like the 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 heavy lifting. So I was wondering yeah. like if you knew whether or not that was like 
something someone would wear at a competition like that. So I'm kind of glad you. Yeah, asked no, that. no, that that it, it's because like uh, uh, what most people don't understand when for lifting belts is people put on lifting belts and then they wrench them tight and then feel that that's the only brace that like that's all you need to do is just put it on real tight. It's not it you're you're you are supposed to put it as tight as you can get it, but um there's a breathing technique that 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 tightens your core so if you breathe in through your nose and when you breathe in through your nose you push it into your stomach and when you push in your stomach it, it expands because when you when you take a deep breath most people only breathe with half their lungs so you when you take a regular breath with your nose and your mouth you're like that's just it but when you through the nose and force it into the stomach it brings all that air in but it, it tightens your core up so much it gives you a it gives you like this stable base of like more leverage and power so by having it you're you're not just bracing it with your back but you're bracing it with your stomach so it locks your core in to give you that leverage you know what i'm saying it, it literally makes your body stiffer to be able to do that that's why like even when i said he was wearing it, i was like people would wear that in a competition because it would give you that that extra strength it's the same thing like with squatting and deadlifting with those on, you breathe, use this breathing technique to brace your stomach with that belt. So then it makes it even a stiffer base, a stiffer core to be able to lift more and, and to move more. So, you know what I'm saying? He, I would definitely see somebody wearing a brace like that during a match. You know what I'm saying? Especially for someone as big as him to be, to want to like have that extra leverage. Right. So when you when you go to tighten it, is that something like you suck your gut into tighten or like yeah, yeah, do just, you try just, to like just, just, tighten your stomach like how you would? No, for, no, no, like, no. You want because you you want to use that belt, the front of the belt as a brace. So like okay. uh, he, so like he, so you know how like a uh, so say like where you're you can't see me, but say you have your hands together and you're pushing one way but pushing the other, and so when you do that, it tightens the whole body up. So like you what you're doing is when you take that extra breath in it just it it's like reinforcing the core you know what i'm saying because that brace is there it's gonna support you but to support yourself even more the more pressure you put on that brace the more power you're gonna like gather from it so that's why like like you would tighten it up but you don't gotta like wrench it to like your your you can't breathe you just put it tight enough to where you can get it and then that's it you you, you still want it to be comfortable it just doesn't got to be cutting off your circulation that's where people make the mistake is like i'm gonna put it so tight it cuts off my circulation like no you want it to have it nice and snug where you can put your thumb into the belt between your stomach and the and the belt you know what i'm saying that like you should be able to snugly fit your thumb in there you know what i'm saying if you can't then you might have it a little too tight okay so that that's that's kind of cool like i i noticed the belt and like j- during the whole competition i i just know that that's you typically used for lifting so i didn't know whether like the uh using it for arm wrestling would have been like applicable so that's that's really oh yeah yeah because like like i said you uh because you gotta remember you're you you're not just using your arms you're using the whole body so the stiffer and more rigid you can make yourself it's the more leverage you'll be able to put into it Hmm. that's 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 really cool i i love learning like little things like that especially like in worlds that i like i can freaking tear apart military movies all day long (laughs) with with like those outfits and and everything but when it gets into like 
different worlds it's it's cool to figure out like exactly what um maybe like the costume people are thinking or yeah or whatever with yeah. that so or like because cool. like i said it it is even at that moment in time that is the aesthetic but it's also it serves a purpose especially for because like you said when you're watching all these people that are arm wrestling every one of them's jacked you know what right. i'm saying every one of them's got huge arms and they're fucking you know ready to do this so like Every one of them in there is in a gym lifting. So like that's definitely, you know, he knows what he's doing when he just by wearing it because he's going to go in there and fucking ri- ri- I'm there to, to cripple them. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, with that though, I I don't know where I'm sitting with like the costumes. I mean, generally speaking, like if I'm taking every costume into consideration i think i'm maybe at like a six that like that's just everyone else's yeah yeah no, but no, no with, and that, that's respectable because there's not very many costumes it's all it's all time period you know what i'm saying i like even for me i take it because that's my style right it's a little biased yeah. <laughs> where where are you sitting at I'm a 10. A I'm, 10? A 10. I'm a 10. Yeah. Yeah. This, because like I said, I'm not, I'm not, there's nobody else in this movie that I see. I only see the competitors. I only see the tournament and what they're wear: hats, sleeveless shirts, tank tops, jerseys, shorts, pants, workout shoes, lifting belts, lifting gloves. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like everything they're wearing is exactly what I like they you could have plucked me out of that movie and or you could even insert me into that movie and you wouldn't even be tell that I wasn't supposed to be in there that's just <laughs> that's how this movie is you know what I'm saying like 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 I'm the person that belongs in this movie either in the background or in, on one of those arm wrestling tables I'm supposed to be there you know what I'm saying like what I'm wearing right now it would blend in <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're not wrong. All right. Well, with my six and your ten, that averages us out to an eight overall for costumes. All right. Last up, we got personal scores. This, with a personal score, this is not my go-to movie. This is not my go-to Stallone uh, this is very low on the totem pole for me for my my forte movie. I've seen it. I, it. I have a special place in my heart for it. It has one of the greatest movie lines in it, but it, it this movie sits at an, an 86 for me. I would say this, at, a, at, a, at a personal score, this is an 80 because there's a, a ton of movies that I would watch before I watch this. Right. I had a a pretty decent time with this. I, I, I do have a little bit of nostalgia for this movie because I, I remember watching it with my dad growing up. Um, But, I mean, overall, it is a very 80s movie, and those can sometimes be really <laughs> difficult to watch. It's not one that I didn't... I didn't dislike this movie. I had a very fun time watching this. 
in terms of just what I would personally give it, I'm I'm about a 78. Like it's kind of just one of those in the middle, maybe like slightly above average movies for me. Just like I said, just personally. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's exactly that. That's why I said like even for me, like the, this this style of movie in this era. Most of these are in the 90s for me, if I were to score the majority of the of the ones that I like, you know what I'm saying? Because like there's a few Stallone movies that I would even hold under this one that I would rather watch before I watched that one. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I was never a big fan of Cliffhanger. Um, You know what I'm saying? Seen it in the movie theaters. Not a big fan. But guess what? I would watch this one way before I watch Cliffhanger. (laughs) Yeah. All right, but with that, that concludes this breakdown. So going through the categories, we're starting off story at an 86.5. The writing dropped down a little bit, sitting at a 75. Acting was up a few points, so it's sitting at a 78. Character development averaged out at a 78.5. Effects freaking shot this up, sitting at an 86.5. Music and costumes were at the exact same score, sitting at an 8. And then our personal score averaged out to an 82. So with all those, the final All Bros and Angry Dad podcast letter grade for Over the Top has come to a B-. Hey, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad at all. Uh, there's a lot of people going to be mad. You guys are going to get a lot of emails on this one. <laughs> yeah, they can bitch all they want. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't change our score. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So let's let me pull up the our other B minus movies to see where this ranks. If Rose was here, it'd probably be a little lower. <laughs> it might be a little bit lower. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when you get sick, Rose. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it would have been too much lower. I mean, I I don't think he hates, like, 80s action movies. <laughs> All right, let me see if I can find it. It's like progressively getting more and more difficult to find the movies on this. <laughs> it is definitely one of our our higher uh, B-minus movies. Oh, shit. Let me find it. You ever seen uh, Stop Where My Mom Will Shoot? What? what? No. <laughs> oh, you gotta watch that. You say stop or my mom will shoot? Have you ever even heard of it? No. <laughs> it's a Sylvester Stallone movie, bro. <laughs> Definitely not one of his better known ones. One of the gold one of the golden girls is in the movie. No shit. Yeah. Like, def- You're gonna definitely White? have to put that on the list. <laughs> it, it, uh uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had a big, uh, a big funny story about it because he's like, uh, uh, he was offered the movie for the stop where my mom will shoot, and he told the uh, one of the directors, the agents, give this to Stallone, tell him that I'm, uh, I'm in, I'm in running to get this, 
and offer it to him. And so he, he took it and because Sylvester because Arnold was supposed to get it. And so it got filmed with uh, Sylvester Stallone off of a gag. That is freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh, hey, me, hey, you think that's hilarious? The movie is it. It's a gem, bro. It is a gem. If you have not seen it, I definitely recommend it because you're going to be like, this takes it too far. <laughs> that, that is funny as like, shit. When we, yeah, when, when we get done here, w- watch the trailer, bro. You're going to be like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's All perfect. Right, here we go. I think. Yeah, what the hell? It's like putting it in order, but it's like not including over the top. Why are you being freaking stupid? The internet's not working with shit, like too. <laughs> nah. I'm a fucking caveman when it comes to computers. You're like, yeah, I can figure this out. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of makes me feel like I may have overcomplicated <laughs> our... <laughs> our uh, platform. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I'm like, like I, I, I'm good for one one tap, <laughs> but I make the exception. <laughs> yeah, like I I created this um, the Excel sheet that we use, and so we we put our scores in on one tab. And so, like, so we can put, like, me and Rose can put our scores together. And then that connects to a different sheet. And so, like, that is where it takes our our final score for that movie. And then that, whatever the final grade and percentage for that movie is, it it puts it on a a completely different sheet. (laughs) So it's just a big old mess of... Of everything. Of sheets. So well, you're speaking world. to someone who doesn't use Excel at all. It's a good time when it works. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been on Excel TikTok a few times where I'm like, I, I don't, why am I trying to learn this? <laughs> yeah. What the shit? I, I have it set so it's like, it's not supposed to like... F- it only filters like the uh, the B minus movies, or yeah. so you can only see it. So I cleared it out just to see if that would work. But then it's like over the top is the only one I can see now when it's oh. not supposed <laughs> to be popping up. Okay, I'll just freaking guess where this is supposed to go. So over the top is sitting at an eighty two point zero six percent. So that puts it. Okay, that puts it above It Chapter 2. Okay. Which is at an 81.95%. In your face, It. It is above Rogue One, which is at an 81.93%. It is also above The War with Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) It's above The War with Grandpa, which is at an 81.93%. It is above Spiral, which is at an 81.93 as well. Chris Rock got nothing on acting on Sloan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's see. It is above Being the Ricardos, which is at an 81.87. Yeah. 
And then finally, it is above the bad guys, which is at an 81.81. There we go. Then go in the opposite direction. It is below Thor Love and Thunder, which is at an 82.06. So it barely beat out Thor Love and Thunder. Like, seriously, by 0.02%. Well, let me tell you right now, I'm glad it did. Because the 80s movies rules. <laughs> uh, let's see. It also puts it below The Magnificent Seven, which is at an 82.12. Uh, puts it below Ron's Gone Wrong, which is at an 82.31. <laughs> Uh, it's also below Let's Be Cops, which is at an 82.37. And then finally, it is below Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which is at an 82.43. <laughs> I, I respect that. Yeah, so it, it some tight freaking margins there. Very like the, tight. Yeah, the so the difference between our, our top... B minus movie. So our top B minus movie is The Greatest Showman. Yeah. So it or um over the top is not even a full percentage away from that movie. Damn. Like it it's it's like close. right there. So yeah. close. Like even what some of our lower like, I'm, let's see what other movies this beat out. Like, older movies. Yeah. Oh, this beat out Top Gun. Hey! You know what I'm saying? That lets you know to go watch Over the Top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Top Gun. So, it beat Top Gun by 2%. That's pretty decent right there. Yeah, it's not, not half bad. <laughs> That's the only other, like, older movie. <laughs> That it has. <laughs> well, let me tell you right now. I I think it's a pretty decent B minus for uh, you know, a, a more lesser known Salome movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode and breakdown. So, Ben, would you like to tell everyone where they can find everything that you do? Hell yeah, I'm the angry motherfucking dad. You want to watch my shit? IGTV, YouTube. You want to listen to it? Spreaker, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, SoundCloud, Deezer, iHeartRadio. My shit is everywhere. And this is the All Bros. So guess the fuck what? You can find them on every platform out there. Hell yeah. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And TikTok's been doing pretty decent so far. So Hell yeah. We will continue doing that for the foreseeable future. <laughs> um, yeah. Other than that, I feel like I had a whole thing, but you pretty much covered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make um, sure you rate, review, and subscribe, everybody. Hell yeah. All right. Next week. Or so every I, I'll oh freaking messing this one up. We will be linking everything that Ben does in the episode description. And next week, 
Oh shit, I forgot the movie we're doing next week. <laughs> One second. <laughs> I like I put it in the outline and I thought I didn't need the outline <laughs> anymore. So I was like, all right, and close. <laughs> oh, balls. That's it. Oh, freaking hell. I don't know how I forgot this. Um, so n- next week. You guys can look forward to us breaking down a movie that was damn near made for us, Bros. <laughs> I don't know how the <laughs> hell I forgot that title. Ah, uh, so yeah, that's what you guys can look forward uh, to. That'll be an interesting one. Oh yeah, it, we're we're excited. Like as soon as like we saw a movie that was like, I think. I forget who, like, if I saw it first, it was either, like, me or DJ that saw, like, the title of it and was just like, oh, like, we yeah. have to break this down. It's in the freaking name. Yeah, it's a mandatory. <laughs> yeah, so we will Hell be breaking yeah. down bros next week, and hopefully Rose will be feeling better by that time so he can actually do this episode because this movie was made for us. <laughs> made <laughs> yeah so you guys can look forward to that next week um but until then this has been the all bros podcast featuring the great ben bullman from the angry dad podcast and we will be we'll catch you guys next week deuces